0: All right, perfect, cool. So, welcome back, everybody, to the Physical Mindset Podcast. I have a very special guest with me, Jessica Isaacs, Doctor Jessica Isaacs. Um, she is the lead sports nutritionist, not dietitian, nutrition. Oh no, other way, <laughs> lead sports dietitian, not sports <laughs> nutritionist. Um, we'll get a little bit into that a little bit later. Why dietitians are should be said instead of nutritionists. Um, but yeah, thank you for being on, Dr. Isaacs. So I really appreciate you hopping on and spending your time to talk about this and, um, and everything. I know I was looking at our text messages and I think we started trying to plan something out back in like September of last year. And I didn't even realize it was that long. And I was like, wow, it's almost been like a whole year trying to get in contact with you and everything.
1: A whole year. Thank you for being patient with me. and uh, And thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. So uh let's just hop straight into it. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I know um you I you have a lot going on. Obviously the season ended, NBA season ended, but I know you probably still have stuff going on during the off season and stuff like that. But um just tell us a little bit about yourself. What got you into it? What made you interested in this and stuff like that?
1: Cool. Um, so I've been a sports dietitian about five or six years now. Um, I went to school at Purdue. I was a, a late a late um, second career. So I started off after high school. I joined the military. I um, was an aircraft mechanic, so nothing to do with nutrition, but just kind of fell into it through like my own personal journey. I struggled with food, relationship with food, body image, eating disorders, all of that sort of thing. And through like my own kind of like DIY self-help journey, which I don't recommend you to <laughs> you need a team um don't do it alone um uh, but through that whole i became just really passionate i could see like what just, just changing my perspective on things and my approach to nutrition, how it like changed how I felt and I'm um, physically, mentally, emotionally, all those sorts of things. Right. And so really got became passionate. Like, how do I share that with others? You know, this was such like a pivotal changing point in my life. And then I kind of threw it into like, um, started getting to like bodybuilding and exercise and fitness and that sort of thing. And just became fascinated with like, you know, if nutrition can do this on just like a health level, wellness level, what can it do for like superhumans what can it do Mm -hmm. for like elite athletes and I became really fascinated with like you know how how can I help you know not only um, help elite athletes like optimize and like unleash their full potential um, with nutrition and proper recovery and all those sorts of things. But also, like, how could I help them steer clear of like diet culture and these bad kind of messages? And, and how can I help them understand food and, and not get caught up in the weeds like I did? Um, and so I started studying nutrition figured out how to become a dietitian. So there's mm-hmm. a difference. I won't right. even uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> right. um, there is a difference. Um became a dietitian, studied, I went to got my bachelor's degree in science did a formal internship. Um, We sit for a board exam. And then um, I worked first in sports at Mamba Sports Academy, which was uh, late Kobe Bryant's training facility out in California. Um, Really cool opportunity to work with a bunch of different athletes and a bunch of different sports, all levels. Um, And it just got me more hungry for, you know, for for more of it, more of it. And then um, I then got a gig at UCLA working uh, for the men's women's basketball team there as their dietitian Um, and even closer to, you know, kind of like that that big dream goal that i had for myself um so yes yeah, so i worked with the their, their team for um a season so when the the, the ucla men's team went to their final four run that was a pretty dope experience and then got a well got had an opportunity to, to now work at the clippers so i work for the clippers that have been there now for two seasons i um, going into my third uh, and then besides just, you know, NBA, uh, sports dietitian life, which keeps me really busy. I also do a lot of social on social media stuff, a lot around diet culture, nutrition education, but try to make it fun and entertaining to like help right. really kind of deliver messages to people that they might not get otherwise.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that, too. You do like a, you have like your little workout, whatever. And then you have like certain facts that pop up on the screen that I saw. That was pretty interesting. Uh, I think you had one where it's like uh, I think it was an article, though. But when you should drink water, um, yeah. not when you feel thirsty, but obviously throughout the day, you should drink water. Um, but yeah, but let's get into that question. So sure. uh, nutritionist and dietitian. So I saw that you, <laughs> I know you're getting ready, you're bracing yourself, but yeah. uh, I know you posted something or like an article um, on your LinkedIn about the difference or why is it better to be called a sports dietitian instead of a nutritionist? So can you kind of enlighten us? Like, what's the difference? Why don't dietitians like being called nutritionists? Because it, it, before I even knew that, I thought everybody was called like a sports nutritionist that work, you know, with diets and stuff like that for the athletes. But right. what's the main difference? Like, why is there yeah. a difference?
1: like everything in nutrition, it's nuanced, right? And so like, I'll try to say this is like cleanly packaged as possible. Okay, when you think of a physician, you think of a medical doctor, like, you know, they're required to go through, um, you know, their degree program, a residency, you know, and, and have a board exam, you know, you know, they have to do all of these things in order to become a doctor. So similarly, dietitian, we have our requirements to become a registered dietitian. So you have to go through at least a bachelor's program. Now a master's is required for 2024 graduates and later, you have to do a formal internship, you have to take a board exam and have continuing education. Um, to use the title dietitian in the US, this is different in different places, but in the US, in the U.S., anybody can call themselves a nutritionist with zero education, zero qualifications, zero anything. So I could be someone who I might start selling like, um you know, uh, Herbalife advocate or something like that. And I can call myself a nutritionist. I might be someone who's like done, you know, got myself in shape. And then I want to help my friends and I can call myself a nutritionist mm-hmm. or I could be a PhD in nutrition and call myself a nutritionist. It's just not regulated, you know, in the same way where there's set requirements. So use dietitian. You have to have those requirements to use nutrition to nutritionist. There's no requirements. So you really want to make sure, is this someone who is like just using the title or is this someone an actual like qualified in this area? Yes, They're also in yes. the certified nutrition nutrition specialist, nutritionist specialist. And they may also call themselves nutritionists. They have like a master's degree. They have similar requirements to a dietitian, but it's just very muddy there, right? It's very mm-hmm. muddy. So you always like want to find mm-hmm. out what do you actually like? What's your actual background, you know?
0: Right, right. Yeah. Nice and then yeah, yeah. And that's so interesting because obviously you have different like subtitles. Like, obviously, you know, for me, because I'm going into physical therapy. I don't know, you know, for physical therapy, it's like different from occupational therapy even though they kind of do the same things, like, you know, trying to get people back to healthy living and stuff like that. So now it makes a lot more sense to why you would like to be called a dietitian instead of a nutritionist. Like you actually put that work in, put that time in, took the test and stuff like that. So um, what's like a, a typical day for you, you know, during the during the season? I'll talk about um off season too, but like during the season, what's like a typical day for you? Do you meet with players beforehand or like, You know, do you talk to the cook to see, you know, what's the best type of breakfast that they should eat before they start practicing? Like run us through like your regular schedule or daily schedule.
1: Yeah, man. What's typical? Is, <laughs> if you work right, in, right. Don't you know what's typical. There's like, there's probably like a there's several different types of days. So like a day, if it's a practice day, that might look like I get there, you know, shortly before the athletes. I set some things up for them. Um, maybe some um, the kitchens um, prepares their breakfast. So I make sure they're eating as they're coming in, checking in with them. How are they feeling? How's their energy levels? Um, you know, quick little conversations for them as they're like getting taped up or as they're getting any. Their treatment stuff as they're getting stretched, you know, I'm kind of just checking in with them. Um, and then like after practice, I might do something like setting up smoothies and supplements, making sure they're getting their vitamins. Um, I will talk with the kitchen or I will talk to them, have private chefs. Uh, we'll talk with them about, you know, modifying anything as needed uh, based on training loads, inflammation, things we're seeing or whatever. Um, and then a game day may look completely different. You know, we've got shoot around in the morning. I might be helping the guys there having those conversations, check in, seeing if there's anything that we need to do before the game in the evening, typically, and the game I'm there supporting. So I'm setting up hydration supplements, snacks, that sort of thing before halftime afterwards. Um, and then throughout like any other given day, I might just be there. I'm just kind of like, i one of the players called me there's nutrition assistant the other day, which was like. <laughs> it's not my title but i knew what he meant and it was actually a very complimentary thing because he sees me as the person he's going to go to for anything nutrition related in that realm so if he has questions about a supplement if he has a question about a diet if he has a question about something he saw online if he has a question about anything he's going to he's going to hit me i'm his go to for it. i'm his coach in that area and so for all my players i'm kind of their coach in their that area so they might not need me every day they might not need me many times in the season or they might be a guy where I'm talking to like every single day because there's someone who I need to put a little extra work into. Work into.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So in that realm, then, when you, you know, kind of talk to the players and stuff like that, and you talk to the personal chefs and everything. Do you also talk to the strength and conditioning coaches as well? Like, do you kind of, you know, kind of bounce ideas off of each other um, just to see, you know, what, what's working for somebody or what's not working for somebody?
1: Sure. I will say I talk to the medical staff and the strength and conditioning staff more than anybody. more than anybody, any day. Um, So every day we're there, we're all, we all stay in the same office. Um, They want to put me in a, in a, they want to put me in a desk upstairs. I said, no, I'm (laughs) here. I'm right here in the action. So I went my way into the strength coach office and posted up there. And so it's great. It's great for collaboration. Anytime a guy has any kind of needs to gain weight, needs to lose weight, but also like often the AT or PT or the strength coach, they're usually the ones having the most hands-on interaction with those players and conversations so often they're going to be the first to hear of anything or the first one that that player may ask questions to so they're great like teammate for me and helping me deliver a message sometimes they're a conduit from the message sometimes we're like tag teaming it together sometimes they're going to help be a liaison for me to make sure that i have that relationship and conversation with the player um, but yeah we're definitely all a team
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, then going back to uh, one sentence you said in that uh, to either help a player like gain weight or lose weight. So do you take in consideration like, you know, say, for instance, Evisa Zubak and like Paul George, like obviously they have two different body types and they play two different styles. Do you take that into factor two of how much like calories that, you know, Zubak should eat or like Paul George should eat? Um, You know, if they're trying to stay that level weight that they want to or vice versa? Does that play a factor too, like different positions, like point guard to center?
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Sorry if you hear a little scampering around. That's my dog, and he's oh, like, no, no, so good. I, I think he's chasing a fly. Come here! <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay.
0: Oh, So what's up today? The- <laughs> to
1: Sorry for the sound effects. Um. Yes, very much so. So, like, I will say, there's a common misconception a lot of times that players at this level, especially, are like super dialed in and like calories and macros are all on point, and that's hysterical. Like, it's mm-hmm. so not mm-hmm. even close to that. There may be a handful of players. Um, basketball, I will say there's probably only a handful of players in the league that are that dialed in. They're just like, there's just so many different um, variables, you know, they travel so much 82 games, you know, half on the road, right? You're traveling so much, you don't have control over that many things and as much as you can have a private chef and all the resources in the world, like you're going to have to make some decisions on the fly. So I will certainly like, um, when I when I talk with their their chefs, we'll talk about like whether they are a player that does get. Need to gain weight, lose weight or maintain, whether there's someone who is, you know, has a high training volume, or maybe they're in a period of injury and recovery where like, we need to focus on some like on protein for sure. And anti-inflammatories, but maybe we're not doing as many carbs because we're not mm-hmm. burning as much energy because we're not as active. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I have a, might have a player where I'm like, Hey, we seriously off season, we're really trying to get some weight on this guy. So like, I need you to do, you know, we need to put extra calories into things or find ways to get in like extra snacks or whatever um mm-hmm. but they make a lot of decisions too whether they have a chef or not they're still eating a lot of food meals out they're eating a lot of things on the road and so a lot of times it's just like talking more in terms of like portions and frequency mm-hmm
0: And then also in terms for that like time and like frequency, does culture play a difference too in like, you know, how you do your nutrition or your uh, diets and stuff like that? So, you know, um somebody that's a different culture from the US, obviously they have different types of spices or like recipes or food and stuff like that. Do you do your research also to help them find like the best healthy alternatives for like their home cooked recipes and stuff like that to make them feel like at home while still maintaining a kind of healthy diet?
1: yeah I would say like a little collection of it so so I make sure so I do all of the all of the meals usually travel or whatever so whether it's at an arena whether it's at a hotel or whatever um and so the post-game meal is a really cool opportunity for me to like everybody needs to eat you know they just burn right. a lot of calories and so I we're traveling all over the place and so it's a really cool opportunity for me to get some hometown food and find things that like maybe are things that they might not get at home we're in California so like we can get anything we want really yeah, right, right. You know, it's all here. around. But like. Like in some places like we got you know we go to Memphis you know they we go to the Texas we go to these areas like I'm getting local food um, as much as I can and I'm having conversations with the guys like what's your favorite meal what would you like to see for post game what's something you really miss out oxtails the biggest hit the mm. biggest hit people go crazy feel <laughs> like. and so I'm going to make sure like whatever it is that they that like is a food that they really want they get because food is like I mean you can tell a person you give a person a workout plan especially an athlete and they're going to follow it right or you know right. they may take some motivation and, and a little encouragement but they're going to follow it but when it comes to food that's so personal nutrition it's so personal it's like social it's familial it's like it and it, it's it's emotional it's so many things to people mm-hmm. and so i definitely have to address that cultural component if i want to form that relationship with the player so then i mean otherwise they're not gonna listen to me i mean they can right. they can they can pay anybody they want to tell and do whatever they want so in order for me them to listen to me, they have to know that like, I have their best interests in mind. Right. Um, and that means, yeah, like making sure that we're we're hitting in there. as far as like, um, uh, then we also in our kitchen, we always make sure that we have like a variety of different foods that were coming into our kitchen and what we're serving. And then with their chefs, when um i usually help them hire their chefs and we're making sure we're having those conversations you know is this a is this a good fit for this guy like you know zubats you know got him a chef not too long ago and he wanted to make sure you know he's kind of like a big meat guy and so he wanted to make sure like hey if i'm doing this chef thing and this healthy thing i want to make sure it's still like good tasting food like food that i like you know
0: right right yeah i think it's so beneficial too to have like a personal chef or obviously have somebody like you Around like the team they kind of ask them or if they have questions, ask you and trying to find like the best alternatives to food and stuff like that. I think that's you know, obviously really helpful and, and necessary. But um, I do like ox too. Oxtails are really yeah. good. So, um yeah, so for post game, do you do like um you talk about post game meals? Do you do pre-game meals? Because I know um I was watching Tim Grover and he uh his little like short film on, on YouTube, he has like two videos and he would talk about like him training Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan always used to like eating steak before a game. And so is that like typical to have that big of like a a meal before a game? Or does it depend on the person? Because obviously that's, you know, a lot of energy that you're you're eating or a lot lot of energy that you're taking. And then I also heard like carbs is a good source of energy also. So pasta and stuff like that. But mainly like steak or having like a big meal before a game. Is that usually typical or is that kind of unheard of?
1: No, I mean, think about like, if if you eat a big steak, you think about eating a big steak, like, like, how do you feel after that? Like, you feel like heavy, right? It takes a minute to get out of you, you know, and work its way through like something high in fat like that is going to take a while to digest. And when you're running around and active, your body's not putting a lot of effort into digestion. It's putting effort into like fueling your your muscles and and not that muscle. Right. And so what ends up happening is you, you would have like a lot of indigestion unless you have like a stomach of steel. And I'm telling you the amount of guys I've seen hurling in a trash can, not all of them have stomachs of steel. So I definitely recommend carbs. Ideally, if you have a big meal like that, you want to have it like three, four hours out to allow it enough time to digest. But yeah, like on a game day, um, especially within that couple of hour window leading up to the actual, when you're going to be active, it's mostly carbs. So pasta, rice, PB and J fruit, things like that are generally what I'm, what I'm um, serving them. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we'll have protein, like some protein's good and like, not everybody's going to have the same minutes. Some guys may, you know, do be beneficial for them to have a little bit more protein Um, and protein can help to tide them over their hunger a little bit. But most of the focus is carbs because carbs are your energy source.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Because when I heard that about Michael Jordan, I'm like, I don't think that's, I don't know if that's true because that's just way too much food to eat and digest in order for you to, you know, play a game and stuff like that. Um, but he's Imagine how much
1: better he could have been. <laughs> imagine as
0: good as he could yeah if you didn't eat the steak um but yeah that leads to my next question I know you had a post I think it was about a year ago or two I can't remember but you talked to it was an article and it said that uh like 28 percent like 26 to 28 percent of like um what was it dope uh it was like yeah supplements uh yeah supplements contain like doping ingredients that people didn't even know so how hard is it for you to you know if a new supplement goes on the line are you like the first one to kind of look at the ingredients and see like okay well is this true should I give this to my athletes like how much time and effort do you have to do with like all these like recurring supplements or like new supplements that are coming out do you have to do a whole lot of research in order for you to like understand like what's actually in these supplements so you know the NBA players don't get unintentionally doped.
1: Yeah. Well the the yes, yes to all the above. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, the post referencing was talking about like there was like 28% in a study, 20% of supplements tested showed up with a substance that would have been a banned substance for someone that's a tested athlete. So um some sort of growth hormone um, or some kind of a, a weight loss drug that would be something that a, that an athlete wouldn't be able to take. Um And so one way to get around that is to always look for third-party tested products. And that's a kind of a flashy term that a lot of companies will say, but what this means for a my athletes especially, is to look for specific logos on the bottle. If it says NSF, NSF, certified for sport or informed sport, those are two of the main logos I'm looking for on any kind of supplement. So anything that has a supplements facts label and said nutrition facts. Nutrition facts that's regulated by like the FDA, USDA, like to check things, supplements, not so much. It's the wild, wild west. Like you can like literally make things in your kitchen and your garage and like put it in the market shelves without anybody checking up on you. So third-party testing, especially from those specific labs that I mentioned will ensure that what's on the label is in the product. There aren't, there isn't contamination with any, like um, there isn't any doping that would be, that would potentially happen with it um, and and, and that sort of thing. so and making sure that minimum safety requirements are met both by like the facility uh, and by the product. So always looking for those, but yeah, there's always supplements coming up. It's a huge multi-billion dollar industry. Right, right. Um, so, you know, any, any way that they can make a buck. Um, One thing that's cool about having good relationships with my players is that if they see a product and they're not sure, they'll just send it to me and they'll be like, Hey, Jess, what do you think? And I'll do the sniff test. And oftentimes it's, it's either something that's like, trendy and not beneficial for them. Or if it is, and it's not tested, I'll just recommend them something like, Hey, what is it that you're trying to achieve? Is it something that you actually need would benefit from? And like, here's how we can get this in a safe form. That's not going to get you in trouble.
0: Mm -hmm. And you said the sniff test, is there like an acronym for some, or you're actually like spelling it? Yeah. Oh,
1: oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, I have a great nose. I'm, a <laughs>
0: I'm
1: better than a bloodhound. <laughs> you just know
0: all the ingredients as I soon as you step in. At your local
1: airport. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Uh, sniff test, just like checking it, like, hey, you know, what's in this product? Is there anything like proprietary blends, which means like, I don't have to tell you what's in it, which is mm. like, red flag for me? Is it something like, is this athlete trying to br- bring me like a testosterone booster or like a weight cutting product? And like, we're not even talking about doing those things, you know, like then that's a conversation we need to have. Is it that I'm already giving them oftentimes they'll say like, Hey, I heard like magnesium was really good for an athlete. It is. Um, and, 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 but they'll say, but I'll tell them like, I'm actually already giving this to you in your, and your pills. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it we'll have a, that's what I mean by sniff test. It's, it's
0: just, like, you. yeah, yeah, yeah so <laughs> Yeah, I was. I was just wondering if it was like an actual acronym, or if, you no, know, no. If you actually, smell, if they have certain I'm gonna smells to the going
1: To come up with one now, just because you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like
0: the there you go. um So yeah, yeah, um I know that it was pretty hectic, obviously during like the NBA season and stuff like that during the um, um, during the season. But is it easier than having you know working at UCLA because now. I don't know, because you said you work with basketball for UCLA. Did you work for any other sports, or was it just mainly basketball, you said?
1: It was, um, yeah, men's and women's basketball. Mm-hmm. And as much as, like, yeah, it's seasonal, basketball seems to go, like, year-round somehow. Right. <laughs> So there was like a little bit of a lull in the summer for sure at UCLA. Um, But I worked a lot more at college, at the college level than I did um, now at the pro level, as far as like just, just the, the, but it was also two teams. So, and not always the same schedule. Um, Yeah. Off season is usually a lot lighter. Um, We will have like summer, um, um, uh, a summer league and we'll have training camp and those sorts of things going on. Um, But I'll usually only be down at the facility. Like, uh, like two, three days a week usually um until things get back and going in like September time frame.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of follows up to my next question because obviously we're talking about during the season and like let's talk about off season. Cause I know for football, um, I think early in their off season they like to have like a high calorie intake um before and then like obviously when it comes closer to the season opener, then they kind of lessen their calorie intake just to get them ready. Is it almost the same for basketball or do you guys have like a set schedule like, you know, two months away from the nba season we'll have this type of nutrition or diet and then when we get closer then we kind of break it down like more more specifically
1: it's 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 really individual and that's the cool thing about like a basketball team and the small numbers is that like and, and I can really be so individualized with them. So it's going to be specific to their needs. So whether they're, if there's somebody who, you know, is going to be really active in the summer, whether it's through us or whether it's through their own training, you know, then they're going to stay at high calories, especially if there's someone we're trying to put weight on, especially if there's someone I know who struggles to keep weight on during the season, we don't want them losing a lot of weight during the season. It means that they're probably not getting enough in them generally, unless we're actively trying to cut, it probably means they're under fueling and so um yeah it'll really depend on on what the player needs and and specifically what their training is looking like Mm
0: -hmm. and so there's like the different levels of experience like obviously oh you have two dogs (laughs)
1: Uh, well what's uh
0: what's this one's name
1: this is jacks he's he's very dirty right
0: now but what's the other other dog's name that was Noah, Noah. Uh, Jackson, Noah. Yeah, Jackson, <laughs> Way Noah. to make an appearance to, to the podcast. <laughs> uh, but so for, you know, we were talking about UCLA and like uh, um, or college ball and like obviously NBA ball. So does their like different experience level, does that differ for their nutritional needs? You know what I mean? So I know for NBA, obviously it's 82 game season and then college seems like it's almost year round also too. But does that like experience level differ from like your nutritional guidelines or how you would go about, you know, helping out an athlete or is it kind of mostly the same or is it still what you say, like it's still individualized?
1: Well, think of like a so college player, you got like 18 to what, 23 year olds, right? And then uh, maybe not even that, right? And then uh, NBA team, I've got potentially 18 year olds up to 35, 36. How's LeBron these days? Yeah, right? right. And so, so there's so many. it's so nuanced, right? So I might have guys that still like a lot of my G league or two weight guys or younger guys, they're going to be probably people were still putting size on. And so they're probably going to stay in an elevated calorie, um, um state i'm probably going to be trying to always get food in them year round probably always trying to put weight because i'm probably trying to get 10 15 pounds on them you know out the gate right uh, right right. whereas like an older guy especially if it's a guy who likes to go on vacation he's got some kids you know and and comes back a little bit a little bit thicker than he was (laughs) Mm -hmm left then he might be someone who like we're having conversations as we get closer um to coming back about like hey here's our our goal weight you know how close are we to it so that we don't have to do anything drastic because our off season is going to be our time to do that but yeah like it's all it's gonna stay individualized throughout the year yeah yeah
0: yeah and then you know like you were talking about if someone came back from vacation like, like a little bit more thicker yeah. and you kind of have to you know lower their calor uh calorie uh deficit or increase their calorie deficit. So for like people like, you know, like a Zion Williamson or like a Charles Barkley or some of these, like I would obviously they're not short, but like short for their position, but heavier in the position. Um, do you kind of look at that also? Cause I know for Zion, like he missed more games than he actually played. And uh, I read or I watched a video about how he he's kind of like overweight for his height and obviously the position he plays and he does it like a lot of jumping, a lot of cutting for what he does. Um, do you take that into account to say like, hey, you know, I feel like you're kind of overweight for your position or for your high. I think we need to slim it down just a little bit so you don't get injured as much. Does that kind of play a role, too? And, you know, if you if you see somebody.
1: Well, it's, it certainly, first of all, wouldn't be just like my decision or, you know, conversation be right. only, it would be kind of a collective decision with the player and the team. But um, the one thing I look at is like weight, like, like you know, you think of the more weight that someone has on their joints and and, and bones and sort, things like that. Like, sure, you could say that they're more stress that is on them, right? More right. protective for energy or injury, maybe. Right. But another thing, like a lot of times people will think there's an ideal weight that a certain position or, or athlete needs to be at. But what you have to look at is like everybody performs differently. So I need to look at like, where is this player the strongest? Where do they move the fastest at? Where are they most agile? Where are they the getting injured the least? Where are they feeling inflamed the least? Where do they feel the best at? And that may be a different, I might have a different idea of where that is than where like there's strength the conditioning coach has and right. you know and right. they have um but it's a collective conversation of like where can how can we get this player to what you know the team needs and where he needs him performing at you know right. what does that weight look like but also if it's really difficult for a player to maintain a certain weight if they're having to go to right. Extreme measures to lose and maintain a certain weight. You also have to look at the potential risks of that. You know, like if mm-hmm. I'm someone who they I'm telling you're telling me I'm 10 pounds overweight and you need me to drop weight. You know, in two weeks, 10 pounds in two weeks. I'm gonna stop eating, right? right. You know, right. and I'm and I'm gonna not drink so I can make weigh-ins, right? You'd like it's like a you know a, a UFC fighters so are like make weigh-ins, right? right? right. Uh, which is dangerous. So, mm-hmm. you know, got to look at like the, there's so many different, it's so nuanced, right? Variables and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: Right. So is there like a a good supplement or supplements for like a basketball player? Because I know for, I don't know if it's true, but I read that it's, uh, obviously if you're trying to gain r- weight, running isn't helpful like at all. So obviously when you have somebody or my bad, when you're trying to gain muscle, mm-hmm. running kind of counteracts that so obviously um you know say like lebron james for instance obviously his age and his physique he's been you know healthy for so many years in his career um and be able to pack on that much muscle but still running you know back and forth in the court does that is is there a way to kind of slow that down obviously with like nutrition and stuff like that or supplements or is that even true that if you're trying to build muscle running kind of hinders you building to building that muscle
1: well, so, uh, you know, any kind of, any kind of physical activity burns calories, right? And we need calories in order to build anything, right? We need protein, we need calories in order to build. So if we're trying to gain weight in general, gain muscle, gain any sort of weight we need to Essentially, it's not a perfect equation. It's not calories in, calories out, but we still need to take in more than we're burning. So if we're running a lot and burning a lot, then we need to take in at least enough to counteract that. Plus we need to resistance train in order to build muscle. And then we need to eat on top of that in order to build. So um, certainly eating enough and eating more than you're burning will be the first thing. But then a supplement wise, um, creatine. Creatine is like Mm. literally something for, for anybody. There's I could argue benefits of creatine for an athlete, for a non-athlete, for it's all sorts of different goals, um, even like cognitive health, um, so creatine is like is great for that. But creatine also is great for building muscle, um, so those that could certainly help.
0: Yeah, and then also creatine has like no side effects compared to like any other you know kind of supplement. It's like one of the best supplements to take. You know, if you're trying to gain muscle and stuff like that. Um, we do have like six minutes left. I do have like a couple more questions to go through. Cool. So um, I probably I could probably get through like two more questions or three more questions, and then we'll probably start one up again, and then I think it'll be like an extra ten minutes or something like that, and then um, I think we should be good. But so um, talked about that, and then we talked about that as well. So um, there was one thing I found. I was watching a fighter. I forgot his name. It was the UFC fighter, and he had a personal chef too, and he was talking about how like for his background, he likes spices or like pepper and he said that um hopefully i'm pronouncing this right but pepperine which is found in like black pepper he said that it's a good ingredient to help absorb more nutrients from food so i don't know if there's like any other ingredient or food that's kind of similar to that that you kind of help give your athletes or give to anybody to help absorb even more nutrients from what you give them or if it's just yeah. there's
1: a, so there's different pairings so like black pepper will help with like turmeric so mm. it, like if you, people take turmeric and they don't take like a black pepper with it you won't necessarily get all the benefits from it and be able to mm. properly um, absorb it um, but also like uh, vitamin c with collagen so if you're taking collagen mm. if you're not getting enough vitamin c then you're not um, you need vitamin c for both collagen synthesis and you know to, for that collagen to be beneficial Um, vitamin C is also helpful when paired with iron, um, iron rich foods. So especially if you're low iron, um, and if you're like a plant-based athlete or you don't eat a lot of red meat where you get a lot of like, uh, iron from then pairing vitamin C rich foods, like bell peppers, um, together with your. Um, that can help um so different combinations like that for sure there's different there's different things like that um but overall just making sure like they get enough variety um and and like really trying to get a lot of micronutrients so vitamins and minerals um just like a lot of people they don't eat enough fruits and vegetables
0: right right so (laughs) is it beneficial to have like a multivitamin or is it better just to oh so you just have all that nutrients or is it better to have like you know that magnesium or like the pepper with the turmeric and stuff like that
1: um so i do blood work on the players and i will look at like individually if there's any nutrients that they're low in and if there's a good vitamin for that, then I'll just supplement that individual one. Um, but for most of the guys I have them on a multivitamin too, most of them don't get enough fruits and vegetables. We travel a lot. They burn through a lot more. They burn, they need a lot more vitamins and minerals to help break down foods because they're burning through more calories. Um, their immune system, we need them to stay healthy, you know, so they need more than the average human. Um, but for a lot of people, you know, if you're not getting in enough variety of fruits and vegetables on a regular basis um, then you may benefit from a multivitamin when you can, you know, I'm always a proponent of supplementing, just like the thing, the nutrient you're specifically not getting enough of. Um, mm-hmm. but sometimes a multivitamin is just the easiest way to do it.
0: Easiest way, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so is there like different, um, supplements that you would get for different, like specific training? So someone wants, somebody wants to have like more strength, or wants to improve their ability to you know move faster on the court or like have like mental sharpness are there foods that you suggest also I feel like you kind of touched on it before but is there like specific foods that you would say like you know if someone feels kind of groggy during the game isn't like as focused um would you you know say like hey I think you should eat some of this to help you you know get focused
1: yeah. Well, so like um, you know, for some situation like that, I'm usually go to is gonna be like the carbs because carbs fuel both your body and your brain. You actually need 130 grams of carbs for your brain a, a day to fuel. Really? And your body to like you don't have wow. to necessarily intake that every day, although, you know, generally yes. Um, uh, but your body like also stores it and can make it other ways. Um, but so carbs first, but then there also might be like that might be a guy I'm getting caffeine into. You know, caffeine helps with some mental focus. Um, it helps with, um, it doesn't help with creating actual energy, but it suppresses the neurotransmitter that tells you that essentially that you're tired. Um, so it helps with that wakefulness and alertness. So that might be helpful for a guy who's like that in, in that situation. Um, I might be getting like extra electrolytes and to make sure they're hydrating enough too, if, if that's a factor, which often it can be um Mm. but yeah there's like i have different vitamin packs for every guy um some of them Mm. have similar vitamins some of them have different ones for for specific Mm. things and then i also have a different um, vitamin stacks that i set up for like the staff and anybody that might be for energy might be for sleep Mm. might be for like joint and muscle or whatever else yeah
0: oh okay yeah because i was always when i was doing my research just to ask you like a couple questions uh, i find that like super fascinating to find out that like there's these vitamins or these these like ingredients that can help you with like specific things not just obviously nutrition but you know mental awareness and um inflammation and stuff like that which is you know obviously really helpful and is is insightful. Um I am gonna end this one though yeah. and then I'll start the next one and I have like two two more questions and then we'll wrap it up. So I'll go ahead and end this one and then I'll start the other one. Cool. That's okay. All right, cool. Yeah, my other question is, um, I also read or also saw that if you're really trying to gain weight, another good way obviously is to eat more calories. But another good way to do that is to eat right before you sleep. Is that true?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're, you think about when you're sleeping, you're not eating, you're fasting, but your body is still doing work. Um, And so something that you could eat, like you could benefit from is like called casein protein. So in milk, especially um, there's, you have whey protein and casein protein and casein is a slow digesting protein. So if you have something like cottage cheese or Greek yogurt bowl or something like that, or um a shake made with like dairy milk, um, you can benefit from that repair of protein overnight. Also, if especially if you have training in the morning, um, and you if you struggle to eat or eat enough in the morning, um, if you eat before bed, that's just like extra calories you have in your bank, essentially, when you wake up mm-hmm. in the morning.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's interesting because I'm also trying to gain a little weight too. I also gain some muscle. So what would like, you know, if you were to test me, obviously you can't take my blood or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I were to tell you, like, I'm 6'1", um, 175 pounds, and I'm trying to build muscle, like, you know, what's kind of some advice that you would give somebody that's, you know, obviously trying to gain muscle? Because I have a high, like, a fast metabolism. Yeah. And so, like, I can eat as much as I want, and then, like, it won't go anywhere. So what kind of advice, like, would you give somebody that, you know, has a fast faster metabolism that's trying to, you know, gain weight and stuff like that? What would you kind of suggest to them?
1: Yeah, I would say um, try to make sure we're eating every two to three hours, eating or drinking something that has like calories in it. So if you can't always eat, it might be like while you're training, you're having Gatorade or something like that, or you're adding in extra shakes or you're adding in milk or something like that that has calories or juice or something like that to your meal. So adding in calories wherever we can, Um, you can add in like more nutrient or more calorie dense things like nuts, PB&J, peanut butter, avocado, um, olive oils, things like that um, into places throughout your day. Um you can increase your I would tell someone to like look at what they're currently doing and probably increase their portion sizes a little bit, um, especially if you're like feeling full all the time as we just kind of ratchet things up incrementally. Um, the stomach is a muscle, just like any other muscle, you can train it. So if it's currently only able, able to take in so much, we would dial things up so that you're just a little bit more full and until you kind of are able to take in more food, but essentially finding opportunities in the day to add in more calories and then making sure that each of those meals like has the right things in it. So generally, like I'm looking at if I'm looking at like a dinner plate, like picture, like dividing in half and half of that plate, I'd want to see like carbohydrates. So rice, pasta, potatoes, bread, that sort of thing. Um, and then making sure that we have at least like a hand sized portion of protein or bigger. I'm um, getting enough protein and protein consistently throughout the day. Protein is going to be building blocks um, for your muscles.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then my mom always told me that the more colorful your your plate is, the better it is. Is that true? Or it just depends on like what colors it's on the plate.
1: Yeah, I would say that's, that's true in general, not from a weight gain perspective, though. Because mm, right. you're like, if you got a lot of like salad on your plate, for instance, and not a lot of like calories in it, you'll mm. fill up a lot of volume, but not necessarily be increasing mass, right? right. Um, yeah, like I love seeing a rainbow of colors throughout the week on a plate because that we can get different vitamins and minerals from different colors of fruits and veggies.
0: Mm. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, I'm definitely going to take all that into account and then I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. hit you up in like two three months and I'm gonna be yoked and everything sure let's
1: see <laughs> I can't wait Game, baby. <laughs> right
0: so uh two more questions so another one that popped into my head so like for Gatorade and like Propel and all these sports drinks which is like the I guess the more beneficial one Will Gatorade be the more beneficial one because I know it has a lot of you know uh, I think it's fructose syrup in it obviously um and some sugars or is there like a regular power drink that you would you know make if you have to 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 give to your players
1: yeah so if i'm looking at a sports drink when i think sports drink as a dietitian, i'm thinking carbs um carbs for energy because like a lot of times like you can't eat like i mean you can eat at halftime you can eat before but you can't when you're training for three hours. Right. Right. But drink something, right. You can, you can get shoes, you can do it different ways. So like you can get carbs in a number of ways. It's easy to get into fluid form and also carbs help with hydration so for every one gram of carb you store you store three to four grams of water and carbs are like a helpful transporter as well so like carbs in a hydrating beverage is great for me and then electrolytes so we sweat we lose more than just fluid in our sweat we lose sodium we lose electrolytes um the main one that we lose is sodium is salt and right. so i also want to see sodium in a sports drink there's a lot of sports drinks on the market that are like coconut water based which have potassium so the say they're electrolyte rich and they are electrolyte rich because potassium is an electrolyte but sodium is the actual the electrolyte that we lose the most of. So mm. um Gatorade's not perfect either for like very heavy sweaters, very salty sweaters, they're probably not going to get enough sodium out of a Gatorade product and have to have um add in extra electrolytes in other forms. Um but you can also make your own sports drink at home with like fruit juice, 100% fruit juice, you can add in salt yourself, add in water
0: mm. together. Yeah, that will be the same thing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and that's why i kind of like doing this podcast too because obviously i meet people like you or people in different professions different fields that know like these little things that not most people would know so i obviously didn't know that you know some sports drink use coconut water and you know that has potassium electrolytes but we need actually like sodium electrolytes Mm -hmm. so um obviously it's kind of interesting to take a little bit of knowledge off of like everybody else and you know have my own kind of idea different things but my last question would be you know someone wants to be like a sports dietitian and wants to start working you know in that type of field and stuff like that what are some like good I guess like advice or what would you suggest for that person to do if they want to step into the kind of field that you're doing
1: yeah, um so I would like you know if if, if they there I would look for the a degree program first of all that has like a look for a school that has a nutrition and dietetics program. Um there's lots of them out there. But then if you wanted to specifically pursue sports, I would try to get involved in sports. So whether you're currently an athlete, um if you are at a college or university and there is a sports and athletics program, if there's a sports nutrition department, which a lot of them have, get involved. They always need volunteers. They always need interns, people to help run fueling stations. And um, there's a lot that, that, that you need from volunteers in a sports nutrition program. So there's usually that. If there isn't something like that locally, then you can look for like other kinds of like gymnastic studios and soccer clubs or running clubs and, and finding ways to get involved, um, there, but really just like working in a sports nutrition environment under a sports dietitian, um, is usually the best bet. Um, it's, it's a, it's a tough field, but really fun field. And there's specific, like, attributes um that make someone i think successful and make it like a rewarding job whereas other people it may not be it may sound fun but then mm. in actuality might not be what they're looking for so i always say like go try it first
0: you know mm, go just, not
1: like but that by doing it yourself perfect. you know just like you know but like go work with a sports dietitian
0: because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i feel like that's a lot of knowledge just to remember like obviously the one gram is like four grams of water i think one gram of carbs is like four grams of water so obviously there's a lot of stuff to remember i know i took uh for, forgot what class it was in undergrad but it was like kind of the same idea and it was just so hard for me to follow like one gram is equal to this many grams of something else and ounces and i don't know it's, it's just a lot to remember so um obviously
1: professionals that you know that's why you know if you're an athlete you get professionals in these different areas so that they know the things you don't have you all. you should know some of them but you don't have all the things right
0: right right exactly and so um yeah my final question would be like is this like the the end of your career or is this like where you want to be at like for the rest of your life is sports working for the clippers or do you have like a bigger you know goal like opening up a I don't know, a uh, dietitian facility or something like that. Or it's just kind of, you know, what you always want to do and you finally got there.
1: Yeah, this is the end for me. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, I'm like I'm a late bloomer in the field. Um, and uh, but I I don't want to work forever. I'm i have a birthday coming up. I'm two years out from forty, so I don't want to. You don't be doing look
0: work. like forty at all. You don't look like forty at all. I don't all. want
1: to be doing this forever, <laughs> but it's in like it's it's super fun for right now. Um, and I like I don't know if I'll always work in athletics. I don't know if I'll always work in nutrition. Um, I like to do like like I said, I got the social media. I do a lot of other like fun um uh, content creation. So maybe it's in like business development at some point. At some point, maybe it's in nutrition energy. I don't know. Who knows? I'll probably work for myself at some point, though. Most definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I love your energy. And I love like the videos that you post and stuff like that is really insightful. And it's really fun and entertaining. And it gets people to, you know, actually tune in and listen to what you're saying. So uh, thank you again for for everything that you do. And obviously being a dope individual that you are. You're welcome. Wish- <laughs> yeah, of course. And then again, thank you. I know it's been like months, nine months, 10 months, in the making for this to finally happen but i'm glad that we can finally sit down and uh talk about nutrition and diets and stuff like that and, and everything so thank you again for being on the podcast
1: you're so welcome thanks for staying on me <laughs>
0: yeah yeah of course thank you well that concludes like our episode of the physical mindset podcast um obviously it, it, is it cool if i leave your email like in the description that everybody has any questions to reach out to you or
1: no email, but they get okay. okay. I, I'll give you my social though. You want my social? Okay, life? yeah,
0: we'll do that. I'll put that, I'll put it yeah. in the description. Yeah, spam calls and everything, spam no, emails and all no. that. Yeah, yeah, okay, sounds good. But again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know you have a busy, hectic schedule, and I love the information that you brought to us today. And I know somebody will take a bit of this information and apply it to their life, and then who knows, somebody might be inspired to be a sports dietitian. So uh thank you so much, Dr. Isaacs, for being on here. I greatly appreciate it.
1: You are welcome. Take care. <laughs>
0: thank you. All right, Deuces.
1: Bye. Hey, Bye.